0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. Member FDIC.
1: Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons only on The Horn. <laughs>
0: Hour three of the Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon. Getting you ready for Texas OU with my brothers, Rod Babers, Aaron Hogan, out at Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas. Giving you all the coverage you need. I did tease this, so I want to get to it. There is some good news for Dallas fans. Dallas Cowboys. Zach Martin. Tyron Smith. Tyler Biotish. All off the injury report. They're all clear for the big game happening. That's going to be part of drinking the Kool-Aid if you're a Cowboys fan. And that big weekend where everybody's going to overreact on Monday. All those guys are off. So the the offensive line is the healthiest it's been all season is what they're saying at Dallas. And the other good news is Max Scherzer talked to the press today. He says he's feeling good, trusting the rehab process, but he is not ruling out coming back in this playoffs for the Texas Rangers. So good news for Dallas teams. I, I previewed that. I didn't want to let that out. Also on the text line, 512-447-3776, we're asking you what quarter will be the most important for Texas. And speaking of Dallas, my man Aaron Hogan out at Terry Black's Barbecue in
1: Dallas as well. Detail. Out of detail. Yeah, man.
0: The, the news, yeah. are got to be
1: happy out there for the news in Dallas. Yeah, I was listening to some uh, sports talk, the ticket and the fan driving up and uh, previewing the Rangers series. And that's big for Scherzer. Sure. So you wonder if he could be a – You know, part of their bullpen, because their bullpen's been so bad this year. uh, You wonder if that's kind of his role. That would be huge for them. Do they get, you know, big innings from him late in games? Uh, but you also have to remember Scherzer's under contract for next year and they're, they're, they don't want to you know re- do a Justin Verlander where you try to bring him back and he gets hurt uh, for next season as well but either way you know they're here and so if he can go and you can use him I think you have to in this spot against a, a really good Orioles team uh, and yeah for Rod for the Cowboys man if they can block up front and uh, we know this game is a big spotlight on Dak Prescott and his ability to, to score some points uh, and what a weekend Kenny <laughs> we're like drooling uh, not only over the Terry, Terry Black's barbecue that everybody's enjoying here but the, uh, the football and sports weekend. It is, is runneth over.
2: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's sportsgasm stuff. And I know Patrick, who is now a, a Texans fan again, I haven't gotten your thoughts about the Texans and C.J. Stroud, but they get to play B. John Robinson in Atlanta. It's a nice little connection. It, at least the Texans are fun to watch again. Hey, man, those last two weeks have been so much
0: fun to watch. Right? I was, And it was surprising fun because you weren't expecting anything. Very true. And then it was just fun to watch. It's like found money. Yeah, you get the <laughs> Astros are in the playoffs too. Hopefully they're starting to look better in the, the playoff series. By the way, I'm sure that the Rangers game, they play at noon tomorrow. I'm sure that will be on out at the Fieldhouse too. So you'll be able to watch uh, the nice. Texas OU game and keep up with the Rangers as well. Uh, that's one of the reasons you go out to sports bars and go out to those places so you can keep up with everything. It's going to be action-packed, and then you have the Astros game on with with Ole Miss and Alabama, or not Ole Miss, uh, A&M and Alabama. And 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 that big game,
2: it's another one of those, it's one of the many resume games for Texas is what I'm calling them. Yeah, no, you're right. You need you need Alabama. I mean, this is good. It's easy for Longhorn fans to root against A&M because Alabama winning helps the Longhorns' resume and how good it looks if Alabama keeps on winning because the story was that Alabama wasn't the Alabama of old and that they, was, they were going to have a really down year, and they still may have a down year, uh, but right now they're winning uh, at post-Texas.
0: Yeah, that's, I have that game. UCF is uh, favored against Kansas. If Kansas can win, even if Jalen Daniels doesn't come back, it's another booster for the resume. And then Wyoming is uh, playing number 24 Fresno State. Ooh. All of those are resume builders that you can also watch this weekend after the Texas game to uh, see if, if Texas can kind of help their cause
2: going forward if these teams can you, can compete at that level. If Texas, Texas wins in a dominant fashion versus Oklahoma, they're going to leapfrog, I think, Georgia and Michigan for number one. Well, it depends. If Georgia plays tight against Kentucky.
0: Because Georgia yeah. Georgia's playing a Kentucky team that is has looked really good. Ray Davis looked amazing last week. Put up, like, what, 280 on the ground? And four touchdowns, three, three rushing and a receiving. So if, if Kentucky goes out and if Kentucky, you know, I think just keeps it within a score. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, that's where you look at Georgia and say they're not the dominant team. If Texas handles OU, you may have to move them up. Michigan, again, they haven't really played anybody. They will later in the season. Yeah, so
2: they got time for that. But they're, I, they're,
0: if, they're, if they're for real, they'll be in the college football playoff no matter what. If they're not, they're not. You know, but they'll be there. And same with Georgia. They will, both of them will have their tougher schedule at the end. Texas kind of front-loaded it. And then it's, you know, if you can handle this week, which
1: we, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yes, agreed. Texas OU <laughs> is,
0: is tomorrow,
1: so let's not get ahead. Yeah, well, it is a great weekend, as you all said, because uh, it's all these – I mean, Texas is favored. They're the t- number three team in the country. They're favored over Oklahoma. Kind of a show-us game. They've already shown the nation they're pretty damn good. Georgia's – I think Kentucky is, is better than you think. They've covered every game this year. Uh, they've dominated Florida. Ray Davis, what was the TV show that was uh, about you know NFL players? There was a Ray Davis in that movie, wasn't there, in that show? Ooh. It was on HBO or one of those. Oh, uh, I yeah, Ray- I remember this. Ray Davis uh, was one of the running backs. That is, that's a dude, and Mark Stoops has built that program, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, it feels to me, Rod, that if, with Georgia, if you can tackle Brock Bowers and not let him get loose after the catch, like Auburn did in those big moments of that game, uh, they miss A.D. Mitchell. I mean, they really don't have dominant receivers. Brock Bowers is the key, and he catches usually short passes, and he's just such a bull. He breaks tackles and can run away from people. If they can tackle him, I wonder. I think Kentucky could be in that game. There's also the Ohio State-Maryland game that I think is a little bit sneakier than, than uh, people are talking about because Maryland is 5-0. and uh, They're playing really good football on both sides of the ball. They're top 25 in, in both offense and defense. They, they haven't played anybody. Same time, Ohio State's beating Notre Dame kind of fortunately. I like that game too. I think there's a lot of cool little you know, show-me games, including A&M Alabama and, uh, and Texas, Oklahoma. This is a really great college Saturday.
2: Upset alert, too, for a lot of teams, I think. It feels like it. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like you may have multiple uh, upsets this weekend as well. Even that – was that Notre Dame-Louisville game? Is that Louisville they're playing? Yeah. At Louisville? Louisville. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they, yep. Notre Dame just runs through a stretch of tough games where mm-hmm. they barely lose that Ohio State game, then they have to play Duke the next week and, and barely win that one.
2: They, they see like they're teetering.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have Notre Dame this week just being pissed off at the scheduling. Oh. <laughs> and being like, "Screw you Louisville, you haven't played anybody, you don't deserve it, but we're going to beat you." Sam Hartman's just really good, too. He is good.
2: I agree. he's, a, uh, he's got well, that, that better was, than that, was a, that,
1: that was a very fortunate win as you and I have talked about Rod the, you know, Duke had them fourth and 16 and if they get a stop, they win the game. Uh, you know, would have been uh, 13, what was the final score? They they were they were up in the game. All he needed is a stop on on fourth and uh, I think it was 14-13. They were up 14-13 and if they get a stop on 4th and 16 on the game-winning drive, um, they win the game. Game's over. They take a knee. It's over. They win by a point and uh, get out of there. Duke is the talk of college football. Instead, he scampers and runs for – gets the first down. Next play, the handoff, and uh, the kid runs for a touchdown. They get the two-point conversion, and they win 21-14. And, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame loses the big game at Ohio State on the last play. They pretty much win on the last play against Duke. Who knows what will happen with them against Louisville.
0: Yeah, it'll be a definitely – it's – there's a lot of fun to watch. You can join us out at the Fieldhouse. They'll have all the games on all day long. Let's get back to Texas and OU, though, uh, as that is the, the, the clear preeminent game. I, I With this game, we know Dylan Gabriel is the guy for Oklahoma mm. that you're all kind of looking at. Do either of you guys have a guy other than Dylan Gabriel that you think is the most, the second most important? Where if you say Texas has the game plan for Dylan Gabriel, that's the guy.
2: Who's the second most important guy you're game planning for, Rod? Um, Man, if, you, if, if you're just talking about game-playing offensively for Oklahoma, uh, it would have to be one of the wide receivers. I'd probably go with, man, Jalil Farouk um, worries me a little bit. Uh, he's a speedster. They got a lot of speed on the outside. They don't have a dynamic number-one receiver uh, like a CeeDee Lamb they've had in years past, uh, Marvin Mims in years past. But they do have speed on the outside. The guy that impresses me the most overall just on the film that I've watched is Jaleel Farouk. Um, I think he's a player that they may try to get isolated. So I don't know if you need to game plan specifically for any of the wide receivers, uh, but you need to game plan for the way they're going to weaponize them, which is with the vertical passing game down the field. So uh, he's one, if you want to go flip the script and go to the defensive side for Oklahoma and somebody offensively that Texas probably should know where he is and even, I'm not saying avoid them, but how about the path of least resistance? There are other players and other areas to attack. Danny Studsman, the inside line, off-ball linebacker for them, is a stud, a pun intended. He is the real deal. Uh, he's a guy you probably want to try to stay away from. There are other ways to attack the Oklahoma defense without having to go through who I think is I an mean, all-Big 12 linebacker.
1: Yeah, he and Jalen Ford, probably you're, you're right now, you're all-Big 12 linebackers. They're both really good. And uh, I'll also mention... You know, Andrell Anthony, the, the Michigan transfer uh, for them. I watched the Cincinnati game uh, pretty heavily, and he was their go-to guy on every third down, every big play. Gabriel's looking for Anthony. Uh, and he's a big kid. He's a six-one, two-hundred 200 200-pounder. He can also run. They also have a kid, Nick Anderson, Rod. We've talked about the six-four the kid from Katy yep. who can run. He's really come on. He's a freshman, uh, but he's gotten better as this year has gone on. He's one that can hit the big play. Uh, You know, and you said something, Rod, that I thought you say a lot of things that I think are interesting, but of of them, uh, the thought that, that the way Texas rotates their DBs and rotates their defense. Uh, Oklahoma will be looking for specific matchups that they've targeted and wait until they get a good down and distance with a specific matchup against a safety or a corner and try to you know audible to the play and have a check call to it and see if they can create something. They're going to have a hard time going the length of the field over and over again against this Texas defense without a strong running game. They're going to be looking for those isolated matchups that they can hit on uh, in key times of the football game.
2: Agreed.
0: Yeah, this is going to be... And I I, I want to go back to what we talked about earlier about when these strikes need to happen and those key moments of the football game. Hmm. And something that Sark has struggled with pretty much his entire time in Texas is that first series. His scripts have always been good. But that first series, if you're Oklahoma, how much do you want Texas to get the ball first where you feel you can get a stop in that first series and then you get the ball to start the second half? Is this a a game where the coin toss can mean something for Oklahoma? That it can come down to even the coin toss? Because I think if you're able to stop Texas on that first series and then come down and score and get the ball to start the second half and not let Texas come out of the gates in the second half, I think that's a pretty big advantage for Oklahoma. Whereas for Texas, if you – if you get the ball to start second half, it's good. But I don't know if Oklahoma has the same trouble starting a game.
2: Usually, uh, most coaches that I know, they'll try to go, unless they have a really prolific offense or they want to make a statement, they win the coin toss, yeah. they'll defer and try to put their defense out there. Especially in an emotionally charged environment, in an emotionally charged game like Texas-Oklahoma, defense feeds off emotion. It feeds off intensity. Offense does not. Actually, offense needs to operate in a more cerebral manner timing, efficiency, you know, you need to operate uh, in a more kind of pragmatic matter on offense. You can't just uh, use, you know, emotion like to that extent. Offensive line maybe, but certainly not quarterback, certainly not wide receiver. So I wonder even just with dealing with the environment, how unique it is, if I win the coin toss, I'm putting my defense out there first. Hey guys, go feast on all that energy and emotion in this uh, that's palpable right now in this stadium. and And the offense, it'll work against them because everybody it will, be, uh, it will be hype and there'll be so much noise and a fever pitch it always is there but I think early on it's tough operating with those butterflies and after and defenses do a lot better operating with that emotional charge
0: yeah Aaron what would you say is uh is if for Texas if how much does that coin toss matter for Texas and how much does it matter for Oklahoma good stuff
1: Aaron uh-oh. Hey, sorry about that. I uh, was chatting with the owner, Terry oh, Black, I walked up. I had to make some time for him, and he said oh, to good. thank to everybody that's come out because uh, he said, I can't even find a table. That's, he's like, dang it. I uh, like I can always get a table at my own place. But uh, we filled the joint, and thank you to everybody that's come out here because, uh, again, it's the perfect spot in downtown Dallas. The food's amazing, outdoor, and, uh, you know, i'm sitting guys right next to the uh, to the pits like literally the barbecue pit so i um, it's probably 20 degrees hotter where i'm sitting than anybody else and wow. there's a nice breeze uh, these pits are amazing they're like 25 30 yards long each one of them uh come out of dripping springs texas and that's where they made, make this amazing barbecue uh but terry was so nice to have us and uh we filled the spot and that's that's what it's all about uh people are fired up up here guys i mean uh Terry just came by to say thank you that uh, we, we chose to come and hang out with him. So that's awesome. But the uh, you know the, the folks are fired up here. And as we talked about at the very beginning at, our, uh, uh, at 4 o'clock, it's almost too confident, Patrick. That's how you were talking. There's almost like yeah. there's too much optimism about this game. And I agree. But at the same time, I'm trying to find. Uh, you hear Rod talk about paths to victory and uh, ways to win this game. Texas has so many more. Uh, the, the way Texas loses this game, if Texas, you know, shoots themselves in the foot over and over again. Other than that, I feel like they're in a really good place to win this football game.
0: Yeah, I do. Uh, my man, Chief Engineer, just brought it up on the text line, though. Texas special teams. Is yeah, this there a, go. Is, is this a worry for either of you that we've seen Auburn have some troubles in the kicking game? We've seen that they've muffed punts earlier in the in the season against Baylor. Is, is this something where we could see Sark try go for it a lot more fourth downs and not leave it up to a kicker? Is this a factor in this game that you think is something that Oklahoma could have an edge on, if they're able to make their kicks, if they're able to come after? They blocked some punts already this year. Yeah, is is special teams an edge that Oklahoma could try and get an edge on?
2: I think you're right, Patrick. I mean, if you look at Burt Auburn struggling right now, he's not he's inconsistent um, with some of his field goals. But Sark wants to stick with him because Sark says, "Hey, he thinks he's going to break through." Uh, look at also, you talked about the muff punts, you know, they even in that Baylor game, remember Keely Robinson actually dropped one of the kickoff returns, but he recovered it, and you know, and we remember uh, man, that was a play a couple of years ago, Xavier Worthy bringing the ball out uh, from deep in the end zone you know, this is one of those games where everything is amplified, including mistakes uh, we talk about the hidden yardage on special teams, well in this game that hidden yardage can turn into pretty much obvious yardage for you, so I'm with you, if you're looking for somewhere where Oakland Oklahoma can gain an advantage where Texas hasn't necessarily been stellar and consistent this year. Maybe it would be special teams making some plays there. And I expect an exotic. They they had the fake field goal last year. I'd expect something else exotic on special teams as well from Oklahoma.
1: I don't disagree, Rod. And, Patrick, that's a great point. And, and look, I mean, Brett Venable is a smart coach. He knows that they're kind of outmanned in, in some spots, and he knows that they uh, don't match up in key places. So you're going to look on tape for the things that you can't attack. Uh, that you can try to exploit, whether it 's trying to strip a ball, look for a guy, we talked about CJ Baxter early, maybe sometimes can can get stripped from behind or be vulnerable to that they 're going to be looking for those things, and yeah, special teams, the longhorns have been just okay, and uh, I think they should they 're they're, they're iffy on special teams, but shouldn 't be right I mean, they, got a, they have explosive players back there uh, on kick return on punt return they haven 't blocked a punt yet that 's one I know that Jeff banks. And Joe D. Camillus, the advisor on that side, have to be looking for a Keelan Robinson on a Gunner. But at the same time, Oklahoma's looking to get free yards wherever they can and, and create opportunities for short fields. They have to. Uh, they got to land some punches here against Texas. So uh, agreed, 100%. And so the ones need to play, play a clean game uh, in the third phase. And, and you're you're right, guys. That in this game, so many times that third phase becomes so crucial. Whether it's bringing balls out from the eight yards deep that you shouldn't, they set a bad field position, or Jordan Shipley returning a kickoff for a touchdown in a 14-3 game that jump-started the Longhorns to a huge win over the number one team in the country. Uh, that phase is often overlooked. I, I'm assuming it's been a point of emphasis for Sark because it's been a couple weeks in a row that they've had some issues there.
0: Yeah, I imagine it is too. How about this? We're going to take our last break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more Texas OU. I want to bring up something uh, about, we kind of mentioned earlier, about both coaches maybe having something left in the bag I want to ask you guys about what you think yeah. could be a surprise in these games. Oh yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we Ooh. come back, take our last break before we give you up to Vandergriff versus McNeil at 645. We're going to take one more break here on the sports complex on the Horn 1019 AM twelve sixty, the Horn app and at hornfm.com.
1: The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis for The Horn.
0: Well, I found it. Sports Complex here on The Horn on a Friday afternoon to 512 Friday. So we are playing local bands. You can go check out all around town this weekend. This is Oscar Nellis. He is playing Saturday at the Skylark Lounge. So you can go check him out as well. You're out and about not at the festival but want to see some great live music. Uh, we are wrapping things up here. But I still got Rob Babers. I still got Aaron Hogan. do shizzle. At, out at uh, Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas. And uh, I wanted to bring a tease before the break. I want to bring this up because it is something that I think is interesting because Texas has played some tougher games. They played Alabama. They played a Kansas team. But both those games, they didn't necessarily have to empty the trick bag. They didn't necessarily have to empty everything out to win those games. They were able to kind of stick to the game plan and win. This is the last game where you feel you might have to really do that until Big 12 title. So if it, mm-hmm. if it is close in the third quarter, fourth quarter, what tricks do you think Sark has? What tricks do you think Brand Venables may have hidden away? We know we haven't seen Keelan Robinson a ton. We kind of all thought that maybe he was going to be, you know, used a little bit later in the season when people didn't see him, but that hasn't been the case. And Jonathan Brooks has taken over as a premier back. Yep. There's so many things that we see that we kind of thought they have not blocked a punt yet. Something that Texas prided itself on. Mm-hmm. What do you think that Texas may have up the bag, Rod? I'll go to you first.
2: Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I'll, you know, I'll go more X's and O's because I, I did see after JT Sanders got hurt that Sark ran the, the Big 12 package, the, the extra sixth offensive line package, uh, more uh, than he has run it in any game so far since he's been the head coach slash play caller at Texas. He may want to play some bully ball, so maybe you'll see them play a lot of that. Uh, you Honestly, Texas could go with some, it sounds crazy, they could go with some four wide. They like they, they haven't run 10 personnel pretty much at all since Sark has been here. But he did run it at Bama, but he had four first-round wide receivers that so he wanted to run the uh, the 10 personnel with, which is four wide receivers on the field, one back, zero tight ends. But you do have, you got X-Man, you got A.D. Mitchell. Those are two of the better wide receivers in the country. You got Jay Whitway Trust, and they're playing more Jontae Cook. Now, if you get to a point where J.T. Sanders can't play or – he says he's going to go, but let's say he ends up with, I'm knocking on wood, some type of injury and re-injures it in the game. He comes out. There could be a 10-personnel package to really try to blitz the uh, Venables' defense and see if they have the speed to really keep up with Texas with four wide receivers on the field potentially. Just throwing, just spitballing. That's something you can see. From the Oklahoma side, I think you're definitely going to see it, actually. You're going to see Jackson Arnold. Shout out to Tyler McComas who came on the show uh, with us and brought this up, that uh, Jackson Arnold, five-star quarterback, has played some wide receiver this year for Oklahoma already and he's got a special power a quarterback power package they use in short yardage. If you watch that Kansas game and you watch Kansas light up Texas with the triple option, you would definitely put in a package to run a triple option with Jackson Arnold. that's a wrinkle I think you can see Oklahoma throw out early and often.
1: There you go. Aaron, what do you uh, got? Agreed. On Rod's point I love the idea. Go back to the Alabama game where uh, Alabama had a freshman safety named Caleb Downs that they attacked quite a bit, uh, just a freshman in a big game like that. Uh, Peyton Bowens, a, a five-star freshman safety from uh, Denton Ryan, see if the Longhorns, especially with that the, that spread package that Rod talked about, get a speed receiver like Jonte Cook on him, and see if you can create something down the field. Uh, you know, for Texas, I, I think it, the the, uh, the gimmick kind of plays are going to be. Uh, as Rod says out of those personnel groups, and then throwing you know, ten, you know, new plays out of those that they haven 't shown yet you know tendencies that they typically do um, you know i 've talked about that throwback screen to Jonathan Brooks that was really effective early maybe there 's something that looks oh, like yeah. that that yep. becomes something else uh, that I think could be big because oklahoma 's going to over pursue that for Oklahoma. Rod and Patrick, I just think they, they're going to try to buy possession. So if that's a fake punt in a, in a fourth and four midfield, you know, something they, they're going to need extra, extra possessions in this game, and that's either forcing turnovers or, you know, stealing one. Um, onside mm-hmm. kick. Um, Bob Ooh, Stoops yeah. was always big on the, on the fake punt, you know yep. what I mean, trying to, yeah. uh, you know, gain a, gain a possession. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it blew up on him. But at the same time, I think Brett Venables knows he's kind of in that spot here to try to steal a possession or two.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you something that I, I'm curious about. Just because I know Sark's mentality enough that it never seems like he's doing anything just to do it. It seems like he's doing it to build on it. Yeah, That he has yep. thrown the the wide receiver pass twice this season already. He, yeah, I think no. he's tried it he a third tried, time, too. He tried it three times, yeah. So we know that he's gone to that several times. I feel like that's trying to set something else up other than that, and I don't know what it would be. But I feel like Sark may have that, and they may not pull it out in this game, but he's either
2: probably going to try and go back to that or go to something else building okay. off of that. Uh, the only thing I can think of, and this, I don't know if you would do it because it, it's risky, but it makes sense as a counter or something to build on that double pass, the, the throwback. Yeah, to Quinn, who's running a lot more now. Yeah, and then you do. And nobody's gonna expect Quinn to, to, to catch a, a throwback, and then maybe you could do it, and then have kind of a throwback pass to the quarterback, and he he is a running. So yeah. instead of the double pass downfield, it still be a double pass, but double pass back to Quinn. Yeah, basically
0: let 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 Quinn 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 sneak out a little bit further, let everybody come over. And that's what I'm saying. I think it could be something where you could, instead of going downfield, go back across field. Yeah, now that's risky because then Quinn's
2: open to getting hit, but he's running a lot more anyway.
0: Yeah, and it's also risky to just throw the ball across a field with a wide receiver.
2: It is, but like I said, <laughs> if you if you know it's gonna be wide open, all the action yeah. is going one way, and you just you know he's gonna be wide open. That's that may be the counter you're talking about.
0: Yeah. So those are those are some things that I think it's just we know that this is a game. Brent Venables hasn't played; they haven't played anybody yet at at, at Oklahoma. So they they've got everything. We know the SMU game was closer than the number looks, mm-hmm. uh, but they really haven't had that much trouble. They haven't had to pull anything out. So you'll definitely see them, and they need it more. You they know do. when you're. When you're at a point where you are, when we've talked about it all week, and all week it's kind of going over the points, trying to, you know, dot your I's and cross your T's and figure out if, you know, somewhere in this equation we messed up, and clearly Oklahoma has the advantage here. And they just don't seem to have that advantage.
1: Mm. I got it. I got it, Patrick. I got it. What is it? Jeff Levy's going to call his father in law in out of the bullpen to call some plays. <laughs> Come on. Art Browse is showing up. Make everybody mad.
2: Yeah, and you know, Jeff Levy will be fired the next day, too. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. After what happened earlier in
1: the year. Art Browse out of the bullpen.
2: But, no, no. But I know you're joking, obviously, but you know Art Browse is advising his son in law oh, no how to no beat doubt. Texas because Art Browse actually was one of the better coaches at finding a way to beat Texas. And he, he, he had to stop watching football and had to stop. Uh, analyzing football, I guarantee you he's giving Jeff Levy a scouting report on what to do with his offense The veer and shoot. No, no, he yep, definitely I is. And, and I'll tell you who else is. Bob Stoops
0: is right. yeah. playing in that. They have some good ex-coaches that are playing, helping Brent Venables plan, especially on the offensive end, I'm sure. Yep. Kendall's helping out. Kendall, yeah. Kendall,
2: Kendall's on that on that conference call. They got a Zoom call. Oh, yeah. it
1: all up. It's a Zoom. It's a Zoom. It's a Zoom. And they all hate Texas, you know, Stoops. And they all, I mean, certainly Stoops in that forty-nine to nothing shellacking. I mean, it's they've been on Zoom calls all year. Yep. And then you get then you get all art up in there and Kendall and get the Briles clan. Brad, they Bear, all hate Switzer, Texas.
2: Switzer jumped on. <laughs>
1: Bear, Coach yeah. Bear is on there. He's on there
2: too. He just wants to talk trash on Texas. You know, he's on there as well. So yeah.
1: It's a big, all right, big Brent. Zoom all right, call. Brent. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. Speed! Got to use speed. Got to be speed. (laughs) 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 All
0: right, as we get to the end here, I know you got pregame show tomorrow from nine to eleven. So we don't have to do predictions or any of that. We'll save that for tomorrow. But what for you is what for you is the key to the game for Texas? Where you say you? if Texas does this, then it's not a problem. They if they handle their business. Is it just focus? Is it just don't
2: don't mess it up or what what do you got? It's just win the lines of scrimmage. Yep. It's just that simple. That's the most that's the simplest way for Texas to win. If they dominate the lines of scrimmage, offense and defense, they will win this game no matter how it looks. It could look ugly, it could look pretty, it could be a blowout. If Tech if we are at the end of this game analyzing it in the post game and saying Texas won the lines of scrimmage, then Texas won the game. All right, Aaron.
1: Uh, rod's right on, but also don't give up big plays I watched that Cincinnati game And Cincinnati only gave up 20 points to Oklahoma And they did it by not giving up big plays They made him go the length of the field uh, and then they scored a couple touchdowns. It was really a, an even game, but Cincinnati couldn't find the end zone, and they settled for a couple field goals and then missed a field goal, went for it on a fourth down. Uh, possessions-wise, pretty even. If Texas can replicate that defensive effort, which I believe they can, like Cincinnati did, um, that, you know, that, that's 20 points they scored against Cincinnati. If that happens, Texas wins like 37-20, then I think they'll be fine. Uh, but don't give up the big play. You can't get, let them get over the top of you. Those quick shots are what will get you.
0: I agree with that. Yeah, good they, point. that that is kind of. It's the focus. Don't make the mental mistakes. You know, they've been good so far that even on plays where one person has just made the mental mistake, they haven't had two or three guys do it. Yep. Whereas things start to go downhill very quickly. They haven't had that happen yet. I think that's it. If you focus and, you know, you may, one guy make it beat, but hopefully you have someone on the back end to try and help out. Maybe you let one big play go, but you don't let it ro- steamroll into more and more things. Yep. Uh, I will tell you my prediction is I will not be on the pregame with you tomorrow. 38-16 Texas. Ooh. Uh, I think blood that. Blood whipping. I, I think Texas just. I, look, I I don't see the reason why Texas can't win this game handily. Ooh. I mad. don't see why they can't. I know it's a rivalry game. I know it's there. Uh, you know, history would tell you they won't. But I, I'm going to go with it. I'm still drinking the Kool-Aid.
2: No, that's a skunk. That's a mad get-off-the-stick game. <laughs> if that's the case, Oklahoma, sooner fans are going to be upset because that would basically mean a borderline blowout back-to-back years. That did not happen to Oklahoma very often.
0: Yeah, that's also saying oh. that is going to be playing it risky and so may miss some opportunities, some fourth downs that you get knocked out because they're going to go after it at certain points. I can see that.
1: Well, and Patrick, if you're right about that and uh, your prediction's on point and Alabama were to roll it up on uh – a&M or beat A&M down in College Station and uh, Georgia even struggles with Kentucky, Longhorns will be number one in the country come Agreed. Monday. Yep. Uh, and, and into their bye week at number one. Because if they win by double digits or that handily 37-16 against another ranked team, that'd be three wins, double digits over ranked teams. Uh, if Alabama backs it up with what they do in College Station, uh, Texas would move to number one, I think. Uh, because Woo-wee. their resume would be Woo. too good and they'd have a week, a week off and the, the easier part of their schedule coming.
0: Hey, the good news is the BCS is not there anymore. It's college football, the Bulls the the college football playoffs. So we won't get screwed in the way we've been screwed before. After winning this game,
1: uh, we got hey, to get well, out of here. though, I mean, if they win that game, they may play again. The second one, the one in the Big Twelve title game, is more important than tomorrow. Yep, it sure I mean, is. Y- you can win this one and lose that one. Rod knows about that in two thousand and one with Colorado. There you go. We got to get out of (laughs) here. Sorry, Rod. Thanks to
0: Aaron Hogan. Thanks to (laughs) Rod Babers for joining us. Uh, HornFM.com for all the details of where we'll be at tomorrow. Uh, Until we see you, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. And OU
1: still sucks.